Hi, it's Kirsten Siggins, and welcome to the Institute of Curiosity podcast. For the last 12 years, my business partner, who's also my mom, Kathy Taberner, we've helped people build relationships that don't suck, especially in conflict. Every Thursday, Kathy and I will be sitting down together, sharing our unique model for handling conflict, making it easier to have conversations that connect and relationships that don't suck. As a mother-daughter team and Mother's Day quickly approaching, we thought it was appropriate for our first episode to be about that, mother-daughter relationships. For the first time ever, Kathy and I open up and talk about our journey together, what it's like to work together as mother-daughter, how we got past many times we wanted to throw in the towel and be done with it, and the gifts Kathy's given me that have altered my life forever. We're honored to share this journey with you in our first episode. Hi, Mom. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Thanks, Kirsten. How are you? I'm good. So this is a first for us, which is kind of weird considering how long we've been doing this together. I was thinking, how long have we been doing this together? Oh, a long time. Um, I don't know. Seven, eight years? Ten years? I don't know. I, know. <laughs> I was just wondering that. It was, it was so unintentional. I mean, it wasn't something that we set out to do. It just organically happened. So that's, that's one of the things. It, yeah, our relationship together and our business together is something that people always ask us about, right? People have a really hard time understanding how a mother-daughter can have a business together and how that came to be. I think that those are the two big questions, like how did this happen and how did you come to be? Because um, mother-daughters working together, especially in the world of communication, is I think it's almost unheard of. It's very rare, at least. So I've always maintained that the reason that we've been able to do this is because of you, because you were committed to Curious Conversations long before I was, um, and it was your work that brought us here, and I believe that it was your commitment that created the space for us to do this together and to be here now together, and that's something that you and I don't really talk about. We love to talk about, um, you know, the success of our work with our clients, but we don't really talk about what that's been like for us personally and that journey that we took, how to get here, and how it changed our life. So I thought it would be fun in honor of Mother's Day that we could talk about this and tell our story, our mother-daughter story, um, which hasn't always been easy for us, but it's been absolutely life-changing, I think, for the both of us. I know for me, I'm a way better wife and mother. I mean, I cringe at the thought of what I would have been like having not gone through this process with my kids, um, and hopefully I'm a better daughter and sister as well. So I thought we could go back, I think it's like 10 years to our beginning, just because like you said, it wasn't something that we intentionally set out to do. It really happened organically out of the work that you did. So I thought we could go back and talk about what it was that first connected you to the practice of curiosity. Um, well, it, was, it, was, it wasn't one thing in particular. I was working as an occupational therapist in industry um, developing policies for getting disabled people back to work and also working with them one-on-one -on -one in integrating them back into the workplace in a way that would work for them and the, the big aha for me when I was doing that work because I'm, I'm a learning junkie I love to learn and I'm always um, inherently looking for the next thing that I want to learn about and what I learned was that it just took it, the leadership Someone's leader was one of the biggest uh, determinant fa determining factors in sick leave and um, long-term disability because 
not the only one, but um, leaders who were bullying, we talked about yesterday, leaders who um, were not really considerate of the people on their team, um, the resilience of the team people, some of them, could they could only be resilient for so long. And maybe it was because they needed a job and had to have, a, doesn't, it doesn't matter what the factors were. When they were off work and we talked about the reasons for being off work and how hard it would be to go back, it was always some tiny little thing that a leader did that sent them off work. Not a big thing, a little thing, but it was a culmination of many things to get there. So I decided I had to go back and do a master's in leadership if I really wanted to make an impact in this area. And I did that. And then while I was there, I learned that to really um, support leaders and becoming more effective leaders, uh, being an executive coach would be one of the better ways of doing that. So I jumped right into that as soon as I finished the, my um, master's and that was where I began to understand curiosity because that was uh, one of the one of the I think the fundamental tenets of cure of coaching is that ability to be curious to leave ourselves um, to be really in the moment in a conversation with a client to create that space where um, we just we're, we're not judging we just are naturally or um, intuitively or curious in how we show up for them. And that's the way that we can support them so they can better understand themselves. And so as I was, I, one of my first jobs was to work in a, um, a leadership development program and to teach a coaching skills workshop as part of the leadership development program and then to coach, to work with people in triads to support their learning. And the things that started coming back, yeah, the model, the coaching model is fine, and yeah, I'll use it on occasion. What this course taught me was I now understand how we, how to listen. I now understand how to ask questions. I now understand the importance of questions. I now understand how to have a more effective relationship with other people, how I can focus and really learn more about them. And these were the, they were real nuggets that people were coming back with time and time again. And it all clicked in on about hour four of coaching and they, it just folded into place so beautifully for all of them. And it just reinforced for me over and over again, the importance of curiosity, the importance of really beginning to try and understand others and getting out of ourselves just, and I'm, I'm an intro, I would say I'm more introverted than extroverted. And what I learned for me was, to be in any conversation, if I could put what or how in front of anything that I wanted to learn more about, I could create a question, a question that someone could answer, and it benefited them, and it benefited me and helped me better understand them and the concept. So it just, it, it was an organic beginning. And then you and I started talking about, just in general terms, what I was learning. And that started our conversation along this path, I think. Well, I remember, it's so funny, I remember the day that we were talking on the dock, and I think I was pregnant with my first son, or my only son, um, my first board, <laughs> and, and I think, and I was working in the entertainment industry at the time, and I knew that I was unemployable, and you had been doing this coaching, and you said you would coach me, and I just, I remember how differently you showed up to that conversation, and it stuck with me, um, and so, and it was, and we talked about curiosity 
or at least the concept of coaching and being open and listening. And it was a very different conversation that you and I had had. And this was before the work that we had started. But what, I mean, what was that like to bring your work into your life? You know, what, what did that mean for you hearing the feedback and then, um, you know, actually doing something with it? Well, I mean, I'd started as an occupational therapist. So as a professional, I compartmentalized what I did in that world and what I did in my personal world. And I think a lot of people do that. And what I learned with this, what, and I think what was so exciting for me was, yeah, I can sit down with a headset on and I can talk to someone and I can be in this place and um, hold it for them and be curious. And yet it was more fundamental than that. And it was reinforced. I was working with um, in healthcare. And healthcare professionals would come up after our, our leadership, um, the coaching workshop and say, I do this in my work, but I never thought of having integrating it into my personal life. I never thought about talking to my colleagues this way. I never thought about it. And it's more it, recognizing that it's a fundamental skill of life, not just something that we bring in in the hierarchical a world of, of professionalism, whatever, whatever context or whatever profession we're in, that in it, the, it, it's more fundamental than that, that we have somehow forgotten about the other person. We've forgotten about trying to understand each other. And we've been in a, in a society that's really focused on self-aware, you know, understanding more about ourselves, which is great, but there's also the context of relationship. And I think um, what I learned through all that is that we can use this in every conversation we have. And that was my big aha. And I, then you and I were, because you mentioned that I'd shown up differently, you and I started talking about it. And it, there was just a fundamental intrigue for both of us around, wow, how come people don't do this? Yeah. Well, I don't think I knew how. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't, I definitely don't think I knew how. I, and I think that's something that we all struggle with. We, we're never taught these skills, right? We're never taught communication skills and we all think that we do it really well. Um, and it, for me, it wasn't until we started to do this work that I realized just how much I was missing, missing. Cause I really thought I was a great listener. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh now because I was not a great listener at all. I was a great teller um, and I was a great fixer and solver and judger, but I was definitely not a great listener. And that, again, was something that I learned from you. Um, people ask me all the time, so how would you have described our relationship pre our, our working together? Because people ask me this all the time. How would you describe it before okay. we started down um, this journey? Hmm. Uh, so that would have been a, a, a sort of your traditional mother-daughter relationship. You were, um, we had gone through all the transitions. We were, I would have said we, I can remember having really good conversations with you, usually after an emotional, like one that comes to mind for me was um, we were at the cottage, we were on the porch and you were getting married in a couple of months. And you were our, the first of our two kids to get married. I had this vision of I was losing you. You were no, remember we had that conversation afterwards. And it really upset me. Like I, on some level, I was thinking, oh, I'm losing my daughter. And um, how am I going to deal with that? But in fact, all it was was a transition to another period, another phase. And I do remember having a really great conversation with you about that. 
because, you know, and then a conversation about it two or three months up, maybe Christmas after you were married about, hey, nothing's changed. And it's just, um, so I remember that we did have conversations. Um, it was a very different relationship. I don't think, I think it was more the, the traditional mother-daughter. I won't say it was super hierarchical in that I wasn't, I, I tried not to, maybe I did tell. I, I, I was a teller, so I probably did. But, um, wow. I, w I would describe it probably as um, a warm, caring, loving mother-daughter relationship, where I would compare that now with more of a holistic relationship of equals. I think we've, we, I can, st we can still go into, if, you know, if, if you were asking me for advice, I guess, what one would characterize as a mother-daughter relationship, but I see us as more um, of respectful equals in a partnership and that's different than a classic mother-daughter relationship and I think you and I work through and it was struggles at times because you also felt I think you were in the daughter role you can speak to that and and the limitate we both felt the limitations of the roles that we'd had over the years and we worked through talked a lot about how those relationships were limiting the transition we were going through into being partners and especially I remember when we were writing the book, there was a lot of that that we, we had to really talk through. And I think it, it deepened and profoundly changed the, the fabric of our relationship into something much deeper. Although I think most people would argue that the mother-daughter relationship is one of the most profound. I think ours is, oh, I, I mean, I can't even measure it. It's so much more. Um, um, I don't know what the word for it is. It's just, it's more, it, it's just more fundamental in terms of relationships. No, I, I totally agree with you. I, I would have said the exact, I would have characterized our relationship pre all of this exactly the same way. Very loving, caring, all the things of a mother-daughter relationship. And I think that until, for me anyway, I didn't realize how much I was missing until we went to the other side. But oh my gosh, to get there was so hard. That writing the book was so hard. <laughs> you can laugh about it now, but you have to admit there were tons of times where we wanted to throw in the towel. We were like, what are we doing? Oh yeah. But it was- Absolutely. It was hard. It was a hard thing to do. And I think for me, what was so hard it was a gift on so many levels and it was hard because just like you were saying, it was changing out of those mother-daughter roles to, to come together on equal footing, but also it was learning to see each other. I think it was learning to see each other as, as women, businesswomen, right? Where yeah. I was no longer just your daughter and you were no longer just my mother because we brought such different perspectives to the table <laughs> based on our experience. Yeah. yeah and which I think made it, even a richer, um, a bit richer book and a richer experience. And I think that one of the biggest gifts for me, and I, I hear this sometimes when I talk to, to others about their relationship with their kids, on some level, parents, I don't think we can ever let go of the parent-child relationship. And it may be as something overt as, well, my son or my daughter can't stand broccoli, you know? So I can remember when they were three years old and they, spit it out or they threw up or whatever. And, you know, they still, I know they, they can't stand. What do you mean you're eating broccoli? You don't like broccoli. You've never liked broccoli. So being closed into back into the paradigm when the child was, uh, was little 
and was under the guidance that the, the parent was being providing love and respect and safety because that was part of the, you know, that's the responsibility of a parent when they're small and not being able to transition into recognizing that their child is now an independent adult who can think for themselves and like whatever food they like or, you know, whatever in their lives. And I think, I think that's a struggle for parents and not all parents achieve it. And I think you and I have gone so far past that. Well, I would also add that it's a struggle for kids. I mean, I think it's hard for kids, especially as you get older, to see your parents as anything other than their parents, you know, and, and to understand that they have these lives and careers and passions and skills and whatever it is that lie outside of the parent roles. And I think it's, that has been such a huge gift for me to be able to see that because I don't think that I would have had the ability or the skills or the wherewithal or the knowledge or even the interest, you know, to look beyond. Otherwise you just stay in that little parent child relationship for pretty much your entire life. Yeah. Without ever exploring who that person is. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you, you know, the, the child starts as the child and ends up as the parent, if a parent lives long enough to have struggles with um, being elderly. And, um, but I'm not sure that the, the roles ever really, the roles change, but with resentment or with love, but still it, 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 it's, it, it never evolves. If it changes, it changes out of necessity, not out of desire to right. better understand each other. Yeah. So, okay. So this is another question that people always ask me. I don't know if people, people are so, they can never believe that I can work with you, that, you know, we can work together as mother, daughter. And they always say, you know, what's the hardest part with working with your mom? So I'm going to say, what's the hardest part or what's been the hardest part working with, you know, me as your daughter? Wow. Hardest. That's a tough question. I mean, I have to think back because I think, now, um, I just find, I, I think of myself as being so incredibly fortunate to be able to work with you and to have a, a deeper understanding of you as a human being, as a woman. Um, so I would have to go back to, as we're working through things to shift our relationship, but I, I don't find a lot of it hard. I, I just love every single moment. I love every conversation we have. I, um, yeah, it, that's a, I, they're probably, I, and I, and I want to learn. I mean, I think it, it was funny as you, we've talked about this since you, when you and I were at a yoga retreat years ago and the woman who was leading the retreat, I was walking the beach with her one night and she said to me, how do I feel? about the fact that my daughter is and will always be more evolved than I am. And at the time, I mean, I understood it on, on one level, but it was, what's that mean? We talked about it at the time and sort of joked about it, but um, there's, there's always a, there's a hierarchical piece, I think that is there. And yet now I see how incredibly um, accurate it is in that. And Ellie, your daughter is going to be even, more evolved i think with each generation we are becoming more evolved as human beings and so for me to i could have um what could have been difficult is that if i hadn't let go of all that and thought that i had to know best and tried to control our working relationship it wouldn't have worked 
Um, and so I think early on, I learned that I, for me, I had to let go. I had to take on the the role of the learner. I want to understand more because you're the more, at this point, in terms of what we're doing, you're what goes on in your life is more relevant to it than what goes on in my life. So, and, and your experience of life is very different than mine was at the same age, just because of social media, because of technology, because of a lot of things that have changed. It is very different. In some ways it's the same, but in lots of ways it's very different. And so being the, the, the person who becomes the learner and yeah, I have the, I have knowledge. You have the application. You have the more, um, timely, appropriate, contemporary translation of how that fits with our society and putting the two together and creating the space for you to bring in that contemporary piece, the piece that's so practical and necessary in today's world and to step back and become the learner. Probably at some point was hard. It's not anymore. And I really love it. Um, But maybe that was that was challenging. I think that's challenging though for, I, and I, I totally understand what you mean because that has been one of the biggest gifts that I've received from this too. And I agree. My daughter already at 10 is far more evolved than I ever was at her age. I mean, it's just astounding when I look at her and I listen to the conversations we have and her skills and ability are far greater than I ever had the ability at the same age, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I credit that because of our work together and the journey that we've, we've been on. And so I, but I think it's hard for people to get to that place to sort of be able to sit back and say, okay, what can I learn from this and not have to be in control of everything. Yeah. I guess that was just something that um, as I've evolved, I, it's just, been something that I've been able to do and I guess I'm really fortunate because I think that's if I hadn't if I hadn't been able to sit back and become the learner when I was doing the coaching uh, years ago and with in association with the the uh, coach training that I was doing with managers I wouldn't have learned all this I wouldn't have understood the value of curiosity within the context of our of our day-to-day lives so I think that's something that over the years, I've learned that um, is just part of me. Well, and the thing that's so great when you say you're able to step back and learn, I think that what was so profoundly changing in our family, and again, I totally credit you um, for doing this and giving the space for, for my brother and I to do this, is that you were the one that showed up differently first, and you were the one that said, okay, I know that I need to change. And you gave that space of exactly that, sitting back and listening and learning and just having different conversations and showing up differently to the family. And at first it was hard. I remember there was the resistance because we would jump to conclusions and make assumptions on how you would (laughs) behave or, you know, what we were expecting to happen. And you just have to say like, whoa, 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 give me a break here. You know, I've tried to change. And that was hard, I think, for us as the kids to sort of look at you and this different role. Um, but that ability to just, to show up, that's what you did. You just, you showed up completely differently and said, okay, let's, we're going to try this differently. And, and I'm going to interact with you different. I'm going to listen to you differently. I'm going to ask questions. I'm not going to fix and solve. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to tell. I think that that just modeling that 
gave us the confidence and, and gave us those skills to be able to do the same thing. Because honestly, if you hadn't been the one that committed to this, if you hadn't been the one that changed, then we would never have changed. It would have just mm -hmm. been lip service. And I think that's what I've learned. It's such a powerful gift for me as a parent with my kids where I've realized, you know, in all the work that we do with our clients, you know, especially in emotional situations, we do what our parents do. And to have that gift of realizing, you know, I'm the one that has to do the change. Nobody can do this for me. If, if I want a better outcome for my children, then I have to show up differently for them. And that's what you did for us. Well, thank you. And it was, uh, I mean, my mom was, as I've said a million times, and this is not a criticism of her, it was the, the genre or the, the way women showed up at the time. She was really good at passive aggressive. And I think because of the suppression of women and not having a voice, it was just a behavior that women who wanted to be strong and have a voice, that was the only way they could do it. And so I learned from an expert how to show up that way except by the time I was a parent, it no longer was an appropriate way to be, and it probably never was, but it was more accepted when I was a child, whereas as an adult, it wasn't, it was no longer acceptable. And so I just felt that I was, I, I knew that I had to change because if I continued to be passive and calm and nothing bothered me and then erupt, it wasn't healthy for our family. It wasn't healthy for anybody. And it just was sending out too many mixed messages. And um, your dad was, was direct and couldn't understand. He wanted a more genuine level of communication. And I knew I had to change if I was going to support all of you and have a, have a, a you know, make things better for all of us. Well, it worked. You did it, for which we're very grateful. And I know it wasn't easy to do, and yet you did. You committed to that change, and you did it. So, no. Well, thank you. It, I, I just can't imagine what my life would have been like if I hadn't. I'm just, um, I, it's, I, I, I'm very grateful that I had whatever it took to. Maybe I think part of it was that I wanted the best for all of you, and I knew that I had to change if we were going to have that. And so I think there's a, it was definitely a two-way street. So what's your hope for the future of Curious Conversations? I know this is a really new concept still, and there's research that's coming out around it, and it's been completely, you know, Curious Conversations have been totally life-changing for the two of us. What's your hope for the future of Curious Conversations? Well, I mean, for me, the whole notion of curiosity is is founded in the um, the concept that we all, and I think it's becoming more and more acknowledged by everybody, we all have our own very unique perspectives to any situation. And this is something that we've all assumed that if I thought something was a certain way, that everybody else thought it was the same way. And so I could anything I wanted and I expected everyone to understand it because they're coming from it from the same perspective or lens that I am and we now know that this is not true at all and so in any conversation if there's five people there there are five different background filing systems that are storing the information translating it into the mind of the individual and if we don't have curiosity I'm never going to understand what the other four people are thinking and they're not going to understand me and if there are instructions involved if there's any kind of um, um, commitment or problem solving or anything 
it's it's like speaking different languages. We're not we're not all in the same place. So that's one thing. And another thing, because of that, people believe if they believe that we all have the same perspective or that our perspective is the only one, then we're in a right wrong place. So if I believe my perspective is the only one, and you have a different perspective, and you think yours is the only one, one of us is going to end up in the the place of wrong because the other is going to quote win and be right. And I see this in when you talk about what is my biggest, I hope I live long enough that this progresses to the point that instead of in our Canadian parliamentary system, instead of having the debate system where everyone tries to shout each other and I'm right and I know that my policy is right and I be damned everyone else because I'm right. Instead, we shift to a place of dialogue where we use curiosity to, to take the ideas of everybody, the perspectives of everyone, to create a better outcome instead of that black-white or right-wrong mindset that, that we have now. So what I would love to see is that we shift from a, a system of debate to one of dialogue within our parliamentary system. I, and I hope well, I live long enough for that. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope so too. Well, and it's interesting. I agree with you because I think everything is in relationship. Um, we're only as successful as relationships we have. And I, the older I get, the more I realize that. But just that notion of right, wrong, we all have these perspectives where we do, we get entrenched in this right, wrong perspective. And I feel like there's, it doesn't matter what the topic, it, whatever polit political issue you know, racism, sexual assault, any bullying, all of it, it, it comes down to relationships and just learning to see, hear, and understand each other. You know, if we could create relationships where we would just listen to each other, we don't have to like what they have to say. We don't even have to agree with what they say. It's just understanding what's going on for them, you know, building those relationships just on a complete ground level, you know, um, what's the word, you know, just in our own personal life, it's not even looking at it in a bigger picture, just our everyday relationships, just seeing, hearing and understanding people, it changes our life. And those well, little the other, changes ripple. The other thing is that if we, we don't, as you said, we don't have to, as long as we understand each other, we don't have to like, you know, even as a parent child with an adult child, it may be that you want to do, I don't know what, something that I really don't agree with. And yet, if I can, if I can understand your perspective and, and the reasons why you want to do it, then we can find common ground upon which to move forward. And it doesn't mean that I accept everything you want to do. It's not, no, accepting is not the right word. It's not that I agree with everything that you want to do. It's that I can understand it and therefore ac accept that it is your wisdom, your reason for doing whatever, and that there's, there, there are ways that we can find common ground upon which to build our relationship as we continue along. So any relationship that we want to have, we can just ex keep exploring and understanding until we find that common ground that connects us and keeps us moving forward together. So yeah. you may, we may have very divergent thoughts on a lot of things, but if we care about each other, we can find that common ground upon which to build the relationship and make it solid, respectful, and um, a connection that we both want. Yeah. Beautifully said. 
Okay, last question for you as we wrap this up. What's the legacy that you'd like to leave? Oh, that people understand each other more. That um, we begin to appreciate um, and seek to understand the wisdom, the, the uniqueness of each one of us. And that as we begin, I really, I, I really believe that as we begin to fully understand each other, we'll see the commonality. And, you know, there, there are a lot of, I don't know if it, there, there's a lot of spirituality around now that talks about loving. We need to love everyone on the planet. And people go, yeah, right. Well, I can't stand Joe and I'm not going to change that. It's not about, to me, it's not about love. It's about respecting and understanding and understanding to me brings respect. And as we begin to really under fully understand each other, then we can appreciate we come from different perspectives and that's okay. That we are open and non-judging towards each other. And therefore, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go as strongly as we love each other, but we can, we can recognize that everyone has value. And when we all have value, that we and our perspectives are to be honored and respected, then I think we're, we can create a more caring society. And, you know, as you and I have said, there's the possibility that with curiosity, we can change the world one conversation at a time because as we begin to understand each other and appreciate where we're coming from, we can start doing things differently so that the common ground becomes more important and becomes more expanded so to speak well you've certainly succeeded in terms of um, achieving that legacy within our family i think that absolutely because of how the change that you you know the the changes that you made and how you showed up i think that our family definitely is closer and we have a lot more understanding and respect and trust for each other because of it so oh thank you even just starting there, right? We have to start in our own homes and working out, but absolutely, I would say that. Oh that, yeah, for sure. And that, you know, I think, I think my brother would agree and my dad would agree as well. Well, thank well, you, Mom. I think, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, if everyone started in their own homes and created um, a greater understanding of each other and, um, therefore greater respect than just think where the world would be. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that is the biggest gift that I've received from this is that it starts with us and that we can make tremendous change just by showing up differently for ourselves and for others. Because, you know, as the, the famous quote, right, we have to be the change we want to see. And I realized uh, how yeah. it's so true. It's so important and so true. Yes. It is. Thank you, Mom, for joining me and doing this for our Mother's Day special. Um, is there any last words that you want to leave with people? No, I just um, once again say I'm incredibly grateful for having the opportunity to to work with you. It's been by far the 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 best thing that's happened in my life. Probably, well, I, no, having you, um, getting married, having you were also really important, but at this part of my life, having the relationships that I have with you and your brother and your dad, they're, they're the most important and the, the things that mean the most to me. And I, I treasure hearing wonderful feedback around how I'm 
how I'm doing with them. So I, it's an incredible gift for me. Wow. My Mother's Day gift, and thank you. Well, we're wishing all the other mothers out there a happy Mother's Day and hope that you have amazing connections with your family. Thanks, Mom, for yeah. being here. Thank you for everything that you've given me, and I, I really honestly feel like I am such a better mother because of it. Well, that's wonderful for me to hear. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a question? You can drop us a line on Facebook or Instagram at Institute of Curiosity. You can learn more about our work at instituteofcuriosity.com and in our book, The Power of Curiosity, How to Have Real Conversations That Create Collaboration, Innovation, and Understanding. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends. See you next week.